Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast from the IAB. I'm James Chandler and on this week's episode, I welcome back to the pod media trends extraordinaire Dan Calladine from Denso International. It just seems like IAB etiquette now that we get Dan on around this time of year when he's just put the finishing touches to his trends predictions for the year ahead. And this time round, as ever, he doesn't disappoint. We dig into some trends you'd expect to be in there, like retail media and life post third-party cookie, but also some fascinating thoughts around community and the rise of super apps. As is always the case with Dan, we could have talked for so much longer, but it felt like 30 minutes was just about the right amount of time. And we start in that very obvious place of me asking Dan to summarise the 10 significant media trends for 2023 as he sees them. Our 2023 media trends is 10 trends split into three categories. The first category is all about content. So content is essentially where we spend our time, whether it's watching or playing or listening. And we've got three trends within this. The first one is AVOD eats SVOD, which is really about how ad-funded video on demand is going to be much more important to people than subscription video on demand. It's already starting to overtake subscription in terms of the time people spend. Then the second one is about games everywhere. And with this one, we're talking about gaming, but we're not really talking about people playing Xbox and PlayStation. We're talking about how games have really become an evergreen content form in that they're now creeping into other apps, into other sites and things. So if you go to the Netflix app on your phone, there'll be games in there. If you open up Spotify, there's a game in there. There's the the daily hurdle music guess the intro round. So it's really all about how games have become incredibly mainstream. They're essentially moving everywhere. And then the third one is about the attention economy. And we have a big bet on the attention economy within Dentsu. We think it's really important to understand exactly how advertising is working and why it's working. So looking beyond whether the ad was actually seen to what parts of the advertising did people pay attention to. And we've done a number of studies most recently with Snapchat where we look at the attention that you get from using augmented reality lenses. And this really looks at how this is now more important for brands because when your budgets may be under threat or when you're really trying to get as much value as possible out of your media budgets, it's really important to learn what bits are working, what bits are driving attention. The next category is all about commerce. So where content is where we spend our time, commerce is obviously where we spend our money, and we have four trends within this. The first trend is called from going shopping to always shopping. (laughs) And this is really the, the idea that shopping is now much more of a sort of intuitive idea. I mean, commerce has really become, you know, sort of blended in with media now in that when I'm scrolling through the feed of something like Instagram, I will see lots of things I could potentially buy. So it's much less of a conscious, I want to go and do some shopping now. I want to visit a commerce site. It's much more like when I'm looking through things, you know, to pass time or whatever, I will see things I want to buy and it'll be easy for me to buy within there. The second trend is all about retail media. Mm. And I mean, to be honest, this is one I think we're sort of kicking ourselves on that we didn't have in last year because it was, I don't think anybody had it in their trend deck last year, but I think everybody will this year. And Amazon has been at it for something like five years and is reckoned to make something like 
uh, $40 billion this year in ad revenue. And when you think, you know, it's, it's a sort of ad revenue figure that most companies would absolutely kill for. But with Amazon, it's not even their first or the second, or their second biggest, biggest revenue line. So it's really all about how retailers are adding advertising to their sites because they know they've got an engaged audience. They've got signed in users. They've got a lot of first party mm-hmm. data. They know where people live. They've got their payment details. They know their purchase history. They know quite a lot about them. And so therefore, it makes a perfect advertising medium. And I think possibly the elephant in the room on this one could be Apple, because obviously Apple knows a huge amount about its users. And there are indications that Apple is really trying to up its game on the advertising, both in terms of hiring more staff, but also producing new ad formats, which go into places like the Apple News app Mm. and things like that. Then... The sixth one is all about super apps. So by super apps, to quote Elon Musk, it's the everything app. It's the app that you can sort of do lots of things on. And I think lots of the apps that we think of as single use are diversifying and adding more and more features to try to make themselves more useful to their users. So the classic case of this is WeChat in China, which started off as a messaging app. Then I can't quite remember the order, but it now has video, it has payments, it has commerce, it has even services like booking taxis and things like that. So if you're in China, WeChat is the one app you absolutely need. And we're starting to see more features creeping into apps like TikTok, who are adding gaming in some markets. They're reportedly looking at adding music streaming, and they'd essentially be using the same or a similar algorithm to just be playing you music rather than showing you videos with music in Got often it. in the back. Of course, they're doing that. And I, more and more in my feed, I'm seeing live commerce stuff as well, like live, almost like QVC for. Gen yep, Z, yep, really yep. So yeah, so so we think of TikTok as you know a fun place to spend a few minutes or a few hours for some people, but actually, it you know with this sort of feature creep, with this sort of diversification, it could also be your gaming, it could you know be your shopping, it could be your payments, it could be you know it could be your music listening, it could replace Spotify um, for some people and things like that. So so that's really interesting, and that's one where. If you're an advertiser and you've got a relationship with TikTok as an advertiser, you could actually be thinking about a much deeper relationship in terms of commerce, in terms of other sorts of things that they're likely to be able to provide you with in the future. And then the final one within the commerce section is all about third-party cookies. And so it does feel like we do this every year. And (laughs) I can confirm that the issue of cookies has appeared in the trend report before. But what's really interesting this year is that there seems to be more optimism within the marketing community, within the agency community, because we've had an extra year to, since we last talked about it, to be experimenting with things like first-party data, been collecting data, working out how to use them. There are new technologies like clean rooms that allow you to synchronize a client's first-party data with a publisher's first-party data in a sort of very... In, in a very encrypted way so that nobody can see the full picture. But what you're doing is, if you're a car company, you're making sure that you advertise to people on your database who are also, you know, registered signed-in users on a retail media site or on a publisher or whatever. Yeah. So so actually, potentially, first-party data and using first-party data can work a lot better than relying on third-party data. Yeah, and of course, the pendulum swings a bit more towards context as well, which has never really gone away, but you know, contextual feels. I always remember Nick Ashley at Tesco saying, you know, he's a massive believer, he's a planner himself for years, 
you know, context still is king. In terms of everything else we do, we shouldn't forget maybe we overdosed a little bit when it came to digital on audiences and finding, but, you know, context is still such a good... Context is so important. And when, you you know, if you think about things like newspapers, if you think about the FT, you know, the FT How to Spend It magazine at the weekend, which I, you know, it's always a good weekend when there's one of those in my FT. But I have to say, I don't buy things from the advertising in the FT weekend magazine or the FT How to Spend It magazine. But the context is fantastic in that it's all about luxury living. It's all about the best things in life. And then you have, you know, this advert for an overcoat or something like that or some jewellery or something. So the context works really well. And even, you know, the classic of advertising cars in the car pages and things like that. But what's happening now is we're becoming much cleverer about trying to work out. It's not, you know, it's obviously much more complex than cars in the car pages and things. It's people looking at a recipe site obviously they they might be in in the market to buy cookware but also they might also be in the market to buy other things around their home yeah. the sorts of people who do these sorts of things are also interested in these sorts of things and so that's it's really interesting the sort of work that google is doing where they've created 350 different topics that they're going to categorize different sites into and then you're going to be able to advertise in in those sorts of ways and they're still testing it at the moment to be quite honest but i think it's quite interesting to see see how those things go but also we're meeting some interesting startups with different ideas about how context works and stuff so it does feel like there's a lot of scope in that sort of area and for those reasons as i said i think people are becoming more optimistic about what will happen if third-party cookies go away? And you have partners like Teed saying, you know, essentially 45% of the web yeah, is yeah, cookie-free yeah. Yeah. at the moment because of all the people with iOS devices yeah. and all the people who use uh, Firefox and things like it, that. It does feel we're in a different place to what we were a year ago, perhaps. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, yeah, you know, which is good. Mm. You know, we have evolved in this sort of way. People have done the work to try to identify how they can use first-party data and they've been collecting first-party data and more brands particularly ones like fmcg brands are hosting more content on their sites so you actually visit their site to do something rather than simply interact with a social media presence or something and this sort of takes us back to the gaming everywhere trend that i talked about earlier on where we're also seeing that you know brands could feature more things like games on their sites because games can actually explain something to you. Games can yeah, be yeah. just as interesting content as an article or a video or something. And in fact, again, going back to the FT, my desktop FT subscription, every couple of weeks or so, they produce a game around something. They did a game around Net Zero oh, where nice. you were a government official and you had to make decisions to try to get your country to net zero by 2030 i think it was and they did another one about about ransomware where you know you were the it director of a company you received an email about ransomware and you had to work out what to do so and in a way that's a sort of more memorable more interesting way of learning about some of these topics than simply reading another article about it and so sticky as well you're going to spend more time actually actively engaging with that than yeah, and also potentially send it to friends and things like yes. that. So so if you're something like a car company and you want to explain how sustainability works or what you're doing around sustainability or your supply chain or even, you know, new features that you've got and how they work, then something like a game on your site could be a really, you know, engaging way to do that. Yeah. D- tell us about the last C community. So the final three trends 
are all about sort of community and being part of something bigger and almost like being a leaf on a tree. So you're individual, but you're actually connected to other things. And we've got three trends in this. The first one is all about going live. So the whole thing about digital media, the whole thing about Netflix, about YouTube, about Spotify, whatever, is it's the end of the schedule. You can do exactly what you want when you want to do it. But in this context, it's really interesting that the two highest profile streaming shows of the year have made people wait a week between episodes. So both the Lord of the Rings one and the Game of Thrones one, you know, they would put two episodes out and then they have to wait a week. And what it meant was that people were able to you know, talk to their friends and discuss the cliffhangers and try to work out what was going on and, you know, have discussions on forums and all those sorts of things. And it makes you feel part of something, but also it potentially, you know, builds the interest in it. So Netflix would sort of argue that that the drop model is still very important to them. Mm. And in fact, you could argue that, I've forgotten the name, the serial killer one, that... that Oh, the Jeffrey... Jeffrey Dahmer one. That has actually had far more streams than either of the other two, and they dropped that all at once. But also when you look at shows like Euphoria, they've done well because it has been weekly episodes and because people have been really getting... But anyway, the point is that if you create a sort of scarcity around you can only do this at this time. And this feeds into, you know, retail brands, drop strategies and things. It also feeds into, you know, the hottest social media app of the year, which is Be Real, Mm. where essentially you get a two-minute window every day at a random time to share a picture of what you're doing with your friends. And so you kind of feel more connected to your friends because you're seeing them in the moment rather than, you know, here's a sort of, here's a very enhanced picture of me having my beautiful dinner in my beautiful restaurant or something like that. Yeah. So that's sort but, of really you know interesting. What? Just, it, like, just as you're talking, it's, I think it's almost fascinating that human behaviour wise, the expectation on having stuff in the next hour where we used to have to wait for a week, the expectation is, you know, we binge off the crown as soon as it's available. The sort of the reset of that, in a way, is this scarcity thing. The brilliance of, you know, the John Lewis TV ad on television means that it creates those cultural things that you go to work in the playground and say, and you talk about it. When stuff's out there for you just to have, you might be on episode two of The Crown, I'm on five. We can't really have that sort of shared connection. I've never really thought about it like that. And obviously that's exactly why sports rights are so expensive as well because sport provides this moment where everybody has to you know all the fans put down what they're doing very attentive at that moment whereas Mm. i suppose you get you could also say with something like the crown you know that if your phone goes during the middle of it you can just pause it and watch it again or you know that you know (laughs) so so i think there's a lot to be said for the whole thing about you know sort of being live in the moment Mm. and then the second trend within this lot so the penultimate trend of the whole deck is really all about responsibility and about how brands are becoming more responsible how brands are sort of trying to make the lives better for their customers in many respects but also by talking about this they're potentially building a community around this so we we saw this during covid where brands were trying to you know take this sort of communal experience and try to empathise with their customers to sort of try to make things better for them. We're seeing this with the cost of living crisis as well, where brands are trying to, you know, do special offers and things like that around it. We've got some good examples of that. But then also this leads on to the whole thing about the carbon impact of the campaigns that we're running and how a lot more brands are now getting interested in the idea of 
using a carbon calculator to work out what the carbon footprint of their digital campaigns could be and how they can offset this and how they can reduce this and the interplay between the carbon impact and the you know the, the effectiveness of their campaigns and stuff like that. And again, it's about sort of using these things to try to build community around it. And then the final trend I've got is really all about social media algorithms. And this is really about how we would argue that social media has probably changed more in the last six months than in the previous six years mm. because you've got apps like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook really finally coming to terms with TikTok, finally shifting their algorithms. So it's much less about who you follow and much more about them just wanting to show you as much good content. And again, this links back to attention because it's about the idea that there's almost limitless content out there. Instagram wants to keep you for as long as possible. Twitter wants to keep you for as long as possible. TikTok wants to keep you for as long as possible. So if you're a brand putting out content, it doesn't matter how many hundred thousand followers you've got, you're competing with the best in the world. You're not simply competing with all the other people that that user has chosen to follow. And also, you know, this applies to advertising as well in that if you're advertising on social media, your advertising has to be as good as the best of the organic content, which is now appearing in my feed, even though I'm not even following this person. Mm -hmm. But they say things like three of your friends have liked this post, so we're showing it to you, which actually makes Twitter a much better service, makes Instagram a much better service. And what we're also seeing is possibly this starting to have an impact on things like search. So a couple of people from Google have said over the past few months that they see younger people searching in a different way. And that could also be the impact of the TikTok algorithm in that if you're spending an hour on TikTok, you're potentially not then going to Google to search. You're searching within TikTok. 100%, yeah. Or if you're spending an hour on TikTok, it's bringing you this information already. So it's much less about what films are opening this weekend because you already know, because you've already seen the trailers or the reactions or whatever, and you decide. So it's sort of, you know, whether you can actually use something like short video as part of your organic search strategy, whether you can create short videos around popular questions people have around your brand. And if you do that in a really creative way and release them into the wild, whether they will actually get some sort of engagement. That's essentially... That's the whistle-stop tour through. That's the very quick 20-minute whistle-stop tour. I'm fascinated by two things. One, you know, the sort of the the behind-the-scenes of, you know, when do you start doing this? You know, at what point is 2023 done and you're going to sit in a room at some point in probably March next year and do you start thinking about 2024? I mean, what's the lead time on these things? Well, I suppose it's the thing where we're always looking for interesting things and it could come from things we read, especially it comes from, you know, the conversations we have with clients, the questions that clients ask, whether they're our clients or whether they're in pitches where, you know, there's a question about sustainability or there's a question about, you know, what do we think about? I mean, one issue which came up which sort of threads through the deck is about interoperability so it's the idea that you know the tiktok wants tiktok to be a unique platform but actually as an agency who uses programmatic buying we want to be able to put a rectangular video advert on every platform yeah we don't want to have to create you know completely unique stuff for one platform and then go away and create completely different stuff for another one so so a lot of those sorts of issues come up and then they feed into the thinking and then we sort of have a lot of discussion and debates and things yeah. what about just leading on from that what about 
headwinds going into next year. You know, very well documented that, you know, tech platforms, just in terms of, of people, in terms of expectation, we know from just picking up trade press that advertisers, CMOs are feeling nervous about next year, belt tightening, possibility of having to justify things on plan, stuff coming off. We heard just yesterday at our own debrief event that, you know, the effectiveness of digital and radio and TV is going to be even more important to double down on those things. I mean, it is going to be a tough year. Was that kind of in mind when you're thinking about these things? Absolutely. And the economic situation is actually an accelerator of many of these trends in the way that, you know, two years ago, COVID accelerated people watching subscription video on demand because they, you know, if they hadn't done Netflix before, then they were doing Netflix then because they were stuck at home for three months or whatever. So a few trends. So like the ad funded video on demand trend is definitely going to be accelerated by people needing to cut budgets and watch watch their spending and stuff like that. Similarly, the attention economy is going to be accelerated because it's going to be brands mm. thinking, we've got less money to spend. We want to make sure the money we're spending is absolutely working as well as it possibly can. And therefore, let's look at the attention. Let's try and do some modeling and some planning around around the attention. But then another one is how things like the tech platforms now have to monetize in many more different ways. So we see this through Netflix adding advertising in that if you're 100% reliant on subscription revenue for your income and Everybody on your platform can cancel in the space of a, a few seconds yeah. and you're going into an economy. What do you do if 20% of your people decide to cancel in January? Yeah. You know, that, that, so, so therefore, if you have advertising, it's potentially spreading the risk. And likewise, with things like retail media, for the retail sites, it's spreading the risk because it's adding another revenue line. And I think as well, because of things like interest rates going up, we're going to see fewer things like moonshots from mm. people like mm. Google and Facebook and Amazon and Apple where, you know, they launch these projects that may not be monetized for five years or something. And so I think, you know, potentially going forward, when we do next year's trend deck, there may be less of the sort of here's a new technology, right. which is really mm-hmm. interesting for clients because people may just really double down on the stuff that works already. Yeah and try to work out new ways of using social media or new ways of using augmented reality or reinvent retail or new ways of using e-commerce or something. Well, retail media does feel like a bit more of a shining light next year. I mean, just from the fact of, you know, you mentioned Amazon, but, you know, the fact that, you know, I can do full funnel stuff, whether it's connected TV at this end, nudge people while they're in the aisle of my physical store uh, at the very bottom, full funnel attribution, so you, you put in, you know, hundred pounds and I can say how many cans of deodorant you sell absolutely because you sell it in, in my shop it, it does feel like there's a real opportunity for retail media I mean it's a big bet for us the thing that made me think about it was the sort of the the interoperability that you were talking about you know is there a possibility that we create five or six more gardens so there's a nice Tesco garden and there's a nectar garden and there's a an yeah, Uber garden. Boots garden and yes, things precisely. like that. Yeah. I'm not sure how welcomed or useful that would be. But gold at the end of the rainbow is something that I can do across all of these. Yes. So there's always this sort of battle. There's the battle for... And I remember a few years ago when the buzz phrase was native advertising. <laughs> and that was effectively advertising that would only work on Twitter yeah. or advertising that would only work on Snapchat or whatever. And... The agencies obviously push back against that because what they want is to have their DSP and, you know, just check this box to add outdoor to the schedule and check this box to add connected TV to the schedule and stuff. So there's always this sort of battle going on. But I think 
retail media, I mean, it's amazing in a way it's taken so long. And mm. this is one of, the, one of the things I was saying about, you know, kicking ourselves that it wasn't one of our trends for last year because it has been in the offing for so long. But the thing is they've got so much really valuable first-party data. They know what sort of things I buy, what sort of days I typically buy on and things like that. But then also, you know, a lot of retail media deals are not necessarily about advertising space. It might be about using the data Absolutely. to learn more about the sort of people who buy alcohol online or the sort, you know, the sort of, sort of people they are, the sort of habits they've got and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, I think that there is always the danger when something big comes along that it will become a silo. But I think also there are really strong forces within agencies and within the whole ad ecosystem to build interoperability and to sort of lower the walls of the silos, however much the walled gardens want those walls to be as yeah. high as they can be. There's no mention of Metaverse, which may frustrate some, may delight others. I see Nicola Mendelssohn at Meta this morning saying, you know, we're still going to get this right. It's still a five to 10 year outlook, which in media terms is very difficult for us to get our heads around, particularly when we've talked about next year and everyone is going to become slightly more short term and focused. I guess gaming is a good primer, isn't it, for where we're going to get to with Metaverse? Yeah. So I think, I mean, we haven't done a specific Metaverse trend this year, but you can also, you know, you can see people buying things within games as part of the, you know, from going shopping to always shopping trend and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, so last year we had both Metaverse and we had NFTs as well. Mm. And they're both things that, I mean, I think, you know, I think they're very valid trends, but I think they're both things that that companies will put more on on the back foot, on the back burner yes. for this year because it's the sort of thing where, it's kind of like experimental budget. It's something which we know is going to come and there are going to be great rewards for people who understand it early on mm. and things. And, you know, there's still an awful lot of people playing Fortnite and Roblox and those sorts of things. But I think next year is going to be much more a year of we know this works, so let's do much more of it yeah. rather than here's a really interesting play. We can build something in this virtual world and let's see what sort of engagement we can get. Yeah. I mean, you know, it has to be said that there are still huge investments going on into things like NFTs. There was two launches last week, one from Adidas, one from Nike, essentially for, you know, for virtual goods within metaverse things. So, you know, both effectively creating, you know, things for your avatar to be wearing. And both look amazing, but it almost feels like this is a world away from the newspaper headlines I see. But yeah. then, you know, we're in London, if you walk five minutes out of here in some parts of Covent Garden, there's things in the shop windows that would probably have no relevance to 95% of the people. So it's kind of about, you know, this audience is potentially very into this sort of thing and it is quite niche and it may be becoming mainstream less quickly than we thought it would. Yeah, and fashion brands are fascinating. Perhaps we talked about it last year, but have really gone in on NFTs, have gone in on gaming in my experience, have usually been fairly risk averse, you know, know what they like, know what works, love the glossy first 14 pages of Vogue, because it kind of looks amazing, feels like the editorial. So at first, it was a surprise that the likes of Gucci had gone and created virtual handbags. But of course, there's a big accessibility thing, you need to get people into that brand. And the really interesting thing about Gen Z is that they don't have this differentiation between what's real and what's virtual. Both hold a sort of a similar value to them. It's not like 
certainly, and I'm only just a millennial, but stuff in the real world has more weight, perhaps, than it does in the virtual world for me. But, you know, next generations are thinking very differently about this stuff. I think so. And the argument, I mean, when I was presenting last year's trends and talking about NFTs and stuff like that, I remember quite early on when I was presenting, I said, you know, I'd read a tweet where somebody said buying an NFT is like the thing saying you've sponsored the elephant in the zoo. (laughs) You don't actually get to touch the elephant or take the elephant home with you or anything like that but then somebody said yeah but you know it's something you know that lives on your phone that you can show your friends when you're in the pub with them you know it's like having a rolex or something but you're less likely to get mugged for your nft than you you know someone will figure it out Some, your rolex. well i mean i think people have finished figured it out to be quite on cyber pickpocketing perhaps last thing on sustainability because i think that's fascinating and we're definitely hearing probably from media owners platforms publishers saying, you know, increasing pressure from agencies to help figure out this stuff, which of course is, you know, starting from advertisers, because I think they've looked at all the other stuff, right? They've looked at supply chain, they've looked at packaging, they've looked at all those things. And then, you know, the last thing there is this amount of money that's going into advertising and into media. And then now that's the thing that's kind of being poked to say, well, maybe the traditional stuff is slightly easier, perhaps, if you need to fly a 40-person film crew to Cuba to shoot a television ad, to work out your footprint for that is fairly straightforward. How much carbon you're generating through spending £40,000 through programmatic means, perhaps slightly harder. When you talked about carbon calculators, there's lots out there. Yeah, so we have a carbon calculator, and I know a few other agencies have carbon calculators. I know there are ad networks that have a carbon tag, so the tag automatically measures how much carbon is, and then automatically offsets it and you know as part of your campaign Mm. but i think there's lots of interest in this and this is really good we've had a lot of clients coming to us you know sort of playing around with the numbers and doing some back of the envelope calculations of if this is this and stuff have i got tell us have we got this right and then us able to advise with our experts on you know well this is probably out by a factor of such and such or or whatever and then leading to really constructive conversations and projects coming from that but then also one of the things we're looking at is the whole idea of how do you change somebody's behavior so how do we as marketers Mm. use elements of things like behavioral science to change people's behavior so that they are just living more sustainable lives but doing it in a very simple way by just sort of showing things to people and showing them that, you know, slight changes that they make, if lots of people did it, would actually make a significant impact. Yeah, 100%. Dan, it is always the most fascinating episode that we do every year. Thank you very much. We've got you a little bit earlier this year as well, so we can really start to absorb these things next year. But thank you so much for coming on and talking to us again. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Dan Calladine from Dentum International there. He's just brilliant, isn't he? Year in, year out, he comes up with the goods. And because there's always so much to peel back and go down these incredible rabbit holes into, there's no discussion guide, there's no briefing notes or pre-court we're going to talk about. We literally just sat down uh, and we pressed record. And also, so many areas where the Dan Calladine and IAB Venn diagrams cross over in the middle. A huge bet for us on retail media next year. Uh, an ongoing commitment to gaming uh, and attention and a very obvious focus for us on cookie future, or as we see it more broadly, the future of targeting and measurement. We'll put a link in the episode notes, but you can find the full fat 37-page document on the Dentsu website. 
that's it for this week as ever thank you if you shared the podcast with someone you know or someone you work with it makes a huge difference to how many people can find and enjoy it we'll see you next time iab uk building a sustainable future for digital advertising